Let us pray. Send your spirit among us, O God, as we meditate on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Prepare our minds to hear your word. Move our hearts to accept what we hear. Purify our will to obey in joy and faith. This we pray through Christ, our Savior. Amen. The Psalter reading this morning comes from Psalm 78, verses 1 through 4, and verses 12 through 16. Listen for the word of the Lord. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to hear the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from, our, from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. In the sight of their ancestors, he worked marvels in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the water stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud and all night long with a fiery light. He split rocks open in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning again on this World Communion Day. Our New Testament reading comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 through 13. Listen for the word of the Lord. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ, who through his exist through he though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. He, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him even more highly and gave him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name given to Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work on your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God of grace and mercy, use me as your vessel to speak your truth, that we may be blessed by the proclamation of your word and bind your word upon our hearts. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock 
and our Redeemer. Amen. Our sermon title today is A Mind Like Christ. The book of Philippians is a joyful letter written by the Apostle Paul to the brothers and sisters in Christ at the Church of Philippi. It is believed that Paul wrote this letter while he was imprisoned in Rome, yet he wrote to the Philippians with an overriding sense of joy, joy for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now the Philippians were no strangers to Paul and the gospel of Christ. Paul had a history with the Philippians. In fact, prior to his imprisonment, Paul founded the church at Philippi. It was a new territory among Paul's mission to spread the gospel. Philippi was a rather small city in Macedonia under Roman domain. The citizens of Philippi reflected what we would call a multicultural society. There were some Italians, some Greeks, and some native Thracians. It was a Gentile population under Roman rule and culture and many of whom experienced great privileges for they enjoyed considerable property and legal rights and were exempt from taxes imposed on those without status. The Philippians were aware of Paul's imprisonment as is indicated in previous chapter one, verse seven. So I imagine they were happy to receive correspondence from Paul. But Paul was not writing the Philippians merely as a status, as, as a report of his status, but to speak to suspected disunity among his sisters and brothers in Philippi. Quite possibly, Paul feared that these Gentile converts living in privilege and immersed in a multicultural society of various religions, cults, and official religious practices of Roman rule might fall prey to society and abandon the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to the church at Philippi to remind them of the sacrifice Christ made so they and the whole world might receive salvation and to be reminded to be like-minded, to have a mind like Christ. You know, there is a name for individuals who get caught up with society and culture, whose ambitions are more worldly, and for those whom God through Jesus Christ becomes an afterthought, or in worse scenarios, who do not think about God at all. That name is backslider. Have you ever been a backslider? Paul could have used this term in his day to remind the Philippians not to forget the mission, not to backslide on taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, Paul was known for his uh, forgetting his point straight across, forward, no punches. He did not soft pedal on any issue he took to heart, especially when it came to the matters of the gospel of Jesus Christ. However, in this letter to the Philippians, Paul was different. In verses five through 11, he was gentle yet direct. This passage is known as the Christ hymn. 
while there are scholarly debate on who penned this hymn, Paul has used this passage in a very Pauline way, and its theology is much more Pauline than a superficial reading might suggest. He begins in verse 5 by telling them that they should have the same attitude of Jesus. He goes on to tell the Philippians the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Paul was succinct in this passage as he explained how Jesus, who is God, came down low, down to our level to be human. He came and he modeled how to love God and how to love our neighbor as self. He came as an example of how to be obedient to God's will in everything, even when facing persecution. And the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus was obedient unto death. In this passage, Paul reminded the Philippians that because Jesus was obedient in death, victorious over death, God exalted him as Lord of all, and for this reason, all should humble themselves and confess Jesus as Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians chapter 2 is the earliest passage in the Pauline literature to raise in our minds serious questions about the pre-existence of Christ. However, Paul is not concerned with Christ's pre-existent state, but with the idea found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 of his change in status. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might be rich. Christ preexisted in the form of God. Then Christ emptied himself to form a slave, to be born a human being, and obediently died a tragic death. Then by God he was exalted above every name as Lord of all. Where did Paul get this idea of Christ's preexistence? Paul's idea of Christ's preexistence is based on Genesis chapter 3, the fall of Adam. When we compare the two, Adam and Christ, the idea of Christ's preexistence and purpose becomes clear. Adam, though he was made in God form, no matter how hard he tried, he just didn't add up. In fact, he failed miserably when he ate the forbidden fruit and plunged all of humanity into sin. Christ, on the other hand, was in the form of God, but yet did not exploit his godly qualities. Instead, he humbled himself. He emptied himself. He became a slave, a human being, died for our sins, and by confessing Christ as Lord of all, we are saved. Christ is the real deal, while Adam is a wannabe. Adam failed and showed us how to be sinful, while Jesus came and showed us how to be obedient servants of God, and he saved the whole world. Friends, the message that Paul had for the Philippians 
in today's text is the same message that he has for us today. Let the same mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, don't be driven by selfish goals and desires, but be driven by an overwhelming desire for the well-being of others. Have a mind like Christ. Is that even possible, to have a mind like Christ? And if so, what does it look like? How are you to do it? Well, the answer is yes. We can strive to have a mind like Christ, and Jesus gave us the blueprint. God came and dwelled among us in the form of Jesus. Having a mind like Christ begins with being obedient to God. Jesus was obedient to God in every way. He studied scripture and he knew it well. At a young age, Jesus knew that reading scripture and being in community with others was key to a relationship with God. In Luke chapter 2, when the boy Jesus was missing, his parents searched for him for days, and when they found him, his mother asked, why have you treated us like this? Meaning, why did you run off? Why didn't you stay with the family? The boy Jesus replied, saying, why were you searching for me? Did you not know I had to be in my father's house? Jesus was obedient to God, by studying scripture and being in God's house, God's community. Also, scripture reveals that Jesus always consulted God through prayer. Luke 3.21 says, When Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was open. And before Jesus picked his twelve disciples, he went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. Jesus prayed for and with others. Luke chapter 9 verse 28 tells us that Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain and prayed. Jesus prayed when he was in need. Luke 22:41 through 42 says he withdrew from then about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, "Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me." Yet not my will, but your will be done. And then again in verse 44, in his anguish he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. Have you ever been in complete anguish and fallen to your knees in prayer? I can tell you, it is a humbling experience. And on the cross, Jesus prayed, and he prayed with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yes, indeed, we can strive to have a mind like Christ, because Jesus gave us the blueprint, scripture, prayer, fellowship, and the body of Christ, the church. And this is only the beginning, my friends. For Paul said, therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work on your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Jesus 
did not stop at studying the scripture, praying, and communing with other believers. No, he emptied himself. He humbled himself. He became a servant. He did not come to be served. Jesus fed the hungry. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. A few weeks ago, Pastor Nelson, sermon titled, With You Every Day, he said these words, Worship in the Greek means to bow down, to bend the knee. Worship is more than Sunday morning service. It permeates and shapes every aspect of our lives. In worship, we learn and affirm God's kingdom. Resurrection will come. Worship, worshiping God together grows us as God's disciples and equips us to make more disciples by proclaiming in word and in deed the reality that we have a good creator in whose loving image we are made. So along with studying scripture, praying and communing or worshiping God together, we are sent out into the world to share the good news in word and in deed. Share the good news at Shalom Farms. Share the good news by feeding the homeless. Share the good news by tutoring and mentoring a student. Share the good news by visiting the homebound. Don't keep the gospel of Jesus Christ to yourself. Go out and share the good news. Brothers and sisters, God came to us in the form of Jesus, who came down low and emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, humbled himself and became obedient to death on the cross. And God exalted him even more highly and gave him the name that is above every other name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee, not just one knee, but every knee will bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So work on your own salvation with fear and trembling and let God be at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure and strive to have a mind like Christ. Amen? Amen.